Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Well, let's go to Revelations 20. My title is Perilous Times Shall Come. You know, and I really wanted to put like one of these uh, uh, uppity-up type sermons together, but I just can't. It's not in me to do it because I got to preach the truth. You know, I mean, I, I just got to preach the truth. Amen. Once you become a child of God, you hate sin. Right. You know, this, this brother right here is being ate up with sin and he's having all these problems and you talk to him and you tell him, brother, we was once there. You know, Danny says, I was once there. I was, and we were both raised in Christian homes, and we was once there. Just think of somebody who wasn't raised in a Christian home, how bad off they are. We, we knew the truth. So let's go to verse uh, chapter 20. I'm going to give you some evidence. I want to give you a couple of scriptures, a foundation, then we'll get into the scriptures, to prove for a fact that we are in the last of the last days. Danny was saying, uh, this morning, that how many people has fallen away from church? Uh, 90%. 90%, 90% has fallen away from, from church. Christ, a lot of people don't even know this or realize it. Christ started the last days. His burden, his death, his resurrection yeah. opened the door to start the last days. It started to, that's why they would preach that uh, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here now. And he opened the door to get the world, human race ready, the bride of Christ. And a lot of people don't realize that, but now I'm saying, and I truly believe that we are in the last of the last days. There's not much left to go. We're talking about when Christ returns and set up the, the millennium, and that's, that's the next thing. And that's what we need to shoot for is, is, your, is your life, is your name wrote, wrote in the book of life. You know, in Daniel, Daniel taught, taught, and you can go to Daniel, I think it's chapter 7, I'm not going to say for sure. He talked about the book. But they didn't know what the book was. But in Revelations, it tells you it's the book of life. It's the book of Jesus Christ. And, and that's what it's about. Let's go to uh, verse 1 and 20. Let's read about four verses. I'm going to set something up here. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he led hold to the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. So when Christ does this, he's going to be bound. Uh, the devil's going to be bound for a thousand years. There won't be no temptation. We're going to have a thousand year reign with Christ. And that's here on earth. So Christ has done return, but we're not in heaven yet. Understand that and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him, him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosened a little season. Now, I don't know why, you know, Bible scholars say that he's going to be loosened to tempt because it's going to be a thousand years of no temptation. So it's going to be easy to live for God. You know, because there won't be no temptation. And, and Bible scholars, and I'm not going to debate Bible scholars, I don't know exactly, but they say that it's he will be loosened to 
temp these people that's born through the thousand years. And, and maybe so. And I saw the thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Beheaded for a witness of Jesus Christ. Understand this. This is all Christians being beheaded. I challenge you to Google up beheaded. And it's, 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 it's gruesome. That's why I, didn't, I chose a picture that's not gruesome because of the kids. But if you go look, it's a lot going on. Now, when I was a kid coming up and preachers would preach this, you know, I was born in the late 50s. And Miss Edith and Danny's daddy or anybody was born in the 50s or before the 50s, beheading was not even conceived that that would be in our lifetime. So this scripture is telling us that we are in the last days. And we're going to have a lot of trouble. They're going to bring a lot of persecution on the church, on Christians. Why isn't Buddha not being heads cut off or whatever other religions there is? Why are these wicked people not getting their head cut off? These witchcraft people. Why isn't Christian people getting their head cut off? Because the word says that in the last days, and this is just one scripture. There's other scriptures on people being beheaded. So let's go to one more foundation scripture. Go all the way to Matthew 24, verse 13. And the only reason I'm going to bring verse 13 up is because it was kind of talked about in Sunday school. Matthew 24, 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. What does that word mean? Endure. It means to maintain. The Bible is clear, man. You got to maintain it. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world for a witness unto all. Underline that famous word. Yes. Danny's word. All nations. And then shall the end come. I kind of mentioned that this morning in our Sunday school. This little phone that I record all our services, not record, but go live. It's worldwide. I got people in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Indonesia, Australia, China, the Philippines. And it goes all over the world. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. When my daddy built this church in 1968, he'd have never in a million years believed this little church would have a ministry to reach all over the world. Does this prove evidence that we are in the last of the last days? Ain't that proof enough? I think it's time for us to wake up. And I think it's too late, and I've done preached this before, it's too late to worry about reaching the whole world, which we're doing it with Facebook and everything else, and we need to reach our family, our mothers and our fathers and our kids and our nieces and nephews, because I think we're that close to the end. Actually, God's kind of revealed to me, and I had done a sermon about that generation of the 50s. They're fading out. That generation of the 50s, I'm going to just hit on a little bit. 
God has showed me that they are your last true Americans. What I mean by that, people that understood and remember America for what it was. America as a true Christian nation. You know, I was born in 58, and I'm at the tail end, and I can still remember where a, a handshake meant something, you know, or if you told somebody something, it meant something. But that don't exist no more. And But it's still our job to tell this younger generation that it's, it hasn't been this way. We are not the America that America was. We are not the America that America was founded on. I had done a sermon for Thanksgiving one time, and I showed our forefathers that they were Puritans. Right. You know what it means to be a Puritan? Pure. Pure and holy. Yes. Our true forefathers was Puritans. That's right. And believe me, they were a whole lot stricter than we were or. Yes. Right. Even the Methodist church, I can show you the old discipline in the Methodist church. It was a sin to go to the theater back in the 40s and 30s and 50s. I'll tell you, it's probably a sin now. <laughs> But it was a sin then. But we need to understand where we have fallen to. And I think, like Miranda said, when, uh, when Trump was elected, I think God gave us a little reprieve. It's up to us, the church, the Christians. You know, that's, that's, that's where we went wrong as Americans. We, the church backed out, and now we got babies being murdered and everything else. You can go to the pen for stealing or breaking a, uh, an egg from an eagle, and yet you can kill a baby. We got some eagle's nests right here at Morganza Spillway. They guard and protect them things like the president. I guarantee you if you would go and start climbing up one of them towers where them nests or somebody would shoot you down. <laughs> but yet you can go and kill a baby. That, does that make sense? Right. Let's go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, now you, we, you already see that we are talking about the last days. And we are talking about, I think, the last of the last. Now, what is the last of the last? The last of the last, you've you got to realize, Christ started the end times, and that's been 2,000 years ago. But the Bible tells you that a day is like a 1,000 years to Christ or to God. It's because Christ don't work on our timetable. Now, when I say the last of the last days, I usually look at it in generations. You know, I think heart of worship children is going to be one of the very last generations. And that's why it's important that we raise our kids to know God's Word. Because they're going to be the light of the world. Because that generation of the 50s is over with and fading out fast. All my buddies that I have breakfast with, and we talk about the old days, and they tell me stuff, and I can remember some of it, some of it I don't. But that's gone. They in their 80s. I'm in my 60s, 61 tomorrow. And I was born in 58. That memory's going to die out. You know, I think of my daddy built this church. My daddy used to plow this ground with a, with a mule and a plow and grow cotton and grow watermelons. My, my grandpa was sharecropping. And all the things that's happened here and all the things that's changed, the church still remains. I still remain. My kids still remain. But for other people that didn't know nothing about him, it's over with. And it's just how it's going to be for that generation of the 50s. It's fading out. So perilous times shall come. It's not an if. It's not saying maybe. 
Now, I do believe this. I think Christians can prolong because Israel was proven that when Israel backslid, but then when Israel came back to God, God relented. I think it was Moses that had pleaded with God not to destroy them. He said, give them another chance. And they repented. And God didn't destroy them. But I think if, if a revival would break out and people would start coming back to God and we'd become a, a godly nation again, God would relent. Might relent another thousand years. I don't know how long it would be. But it tells you this, that know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, dis disobedient to parents, unthankful uh, and unholy. Uh, unholy. So that means you can be holy. If you can be unholy, you can be holy. Huh? I mean, I, I don't have no college degree, but i got enough sense to know that. <laughs> Lovers of their own self. You know what this means? Now, we're talking about the last days. This means all these men producing children that won't take care of none of them. They're selfish. Lovers of their own self. Boasters. Man, you got people that's, that's, they just like to boast and be proud. I know people that just, man, they brag about everything. I don't care what you got, they got better than you. Blasphemers. That's, that's an everyday thing now. Remember that show come out in the 80s, I guess it was, the Saturday Night Live? I thought God was going to strike them dead with lightning. Because they were such a blaspheming show. Uh, Saturday Night Live, and I'm, it might still be playing today, but there ain't nothing they didn't do to blaspheme God. I thought that was just such an evil, 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 evil. I was scared to even turn the channel on. Scared God would strike me dead. Right. I always think of that when I read that, that, that one show. But, I mean, it was many shows since then. That was like the first show to be such uh, openly blaspheming God. Disobedient to parents. Now, I can remember this. That was a time that was unheard of. You wouldn't disobedient to your parents. We got beaten. At least it was a beating to me because I was getting the bad end. <laughs> Nowadays, it's time out. In my days, it was a knockout. <laughs> you know, I did get some whippings. Unholy. We have churches that don't even believe in holiness. Right. Most of your churches, unless they're Pentecostal or uh, old-timey Methodist, I don't know who else, but they don't teach holiness no more. They teach, if you sin, you still going to go to heaven, no matter what. So that can't be a holiness doctrine. What's, what I'm telling you is this. When the preachers are not living or striving to live a holy life, you can't expect the congregation to try. When the preachers are going to the casino and drinking, well, my God, what is the congregation going to do? They're going to do worse. You know, and I hear there are some doing it. I don't know. I don't go to the casino, so I don't know. But your church is going to be based on your leadership. And if your leadership tells you, don't worry about that. Just, just come to church, pay your tithes, and don't worry about the little things. Like Brother Wayne said, he went to the altar at one of these churches and asked for a prayer. And the ever who was ministered to him said, don't worry about that. We all suffer with that. 
How's that going to work? Without natural affections, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despiser of those that are good. No control, yeah. I remember doing a research on that word. Uh, it means to have something in your life that is an addiction or you have no control over the sin. We're talking about people in the last days. We're talking about people of today. You know, we got to understand that the world hasn't always been this way. It's this way now, without natural affection. Again, that's parents that won't raise their own kids or won't feed them or won't, they depend on the government to take care of them. And that's, and I've, I've preached this before. Uh, when you see this un, unnatural affection, uh, that's people that, drive their cars off into the lake with their kids and commit suicide. They don't have a natural affection. I can remember raising dogs as a kid and that the mother would have puppies and one of those puppies would die. So that dog would actually cry. I mean, so that's telling you there's people that in this time period, in this day that's like this, they're worse than animals. I mean, I actually done seen my dog cry over a puppy that died. Think about it. This is how sad it's gotten. If American Christians don't take America back, it's over with. I think Trump put a little spark in people, but will it last? I mean, will it last? It all depends on who the next president is, I guess. Despisers of those that are good. Why is it always Christians that are attacking? Think, take Christmas. Why are they always attacking the nativity scene? Halloween, they don't say nothing about the witches. Think about it. I was telling you, this is all, all facts and truth. Traitors, heavy, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Amen. Boy, I'm going to walk on some toes now. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Of course, I don't have nobody here to walk on toes because y'all not missing church for the Super Bowl, huh? <laughs> y'all not missing church for baseball, huh? If you're guilty, just when we do the altar call, come get it right. <laughs> I'm not going to point you out. I can remember one time, at one part of my ministry, I didn't keep up with football. Hardly nobody was here, even less than here. And somebody said, well, Pastor, it's Super Bowl. And then I found out that the Super Bowl game didn't start till that evening. So I told him the next Sunday when the church was full again, I said, I tell you what, with next Super Bowl, we're just going to bring a TV right here on the altar. And we're going to watch TV. And we're all going to go to hell together. Great. None of these people are in church no more. <laughs> they went and found a church that I guess it was okay. High-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You know, anytime sin was, was uh, abundant, there was always a, a sports team. Take the arena when they threw the Christians to the lines. You know, and it's, it's, it goes all the way back. Uh, sports always played a... And I'm not preaching against sports. Sports is not a sin unless you make it a sin. Uh, you know, you, you can make it idolatry by putting it before God. That's all there is to it. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. This is why I left this movement. They preached holiness. They taught holiness. But they denied the power of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
John Wesley, which is the, the father of the Methodist movement, he prophesied back in the 1700s or whatever it was, that that would be the downfall. Matter of fact, he used this scripture. That would be the downfall of the Methodist movement. I, you know, if you, if you really read John Wesley's teaching, I think he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And when I was in the Methodist movement, ordaining the Methodists, I tried telling them that. I said, read what he's saying. He's talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and working in the gifts. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, I want to, I want to talk just a little bit. Forever learning, but never be able to come. And, and, I, and you'll see that a lot in Bible scholars or people that's extremely highly educated in biblical things, but they miss the whole point of the Holy Spirit. And you see it all the time. They got everything so perfect, but they miss the point in understanding the Holy Spirit and how He works. But they'll never come to the knowledge of truth. Let's go ahead. I'm fixing to close it. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. Talk, going back to the Old Testament, there was a couple of men that withstood Moses, and Moses challenged them, and the ground swallowed them up. And it's telling you that in the last days, the same destruction is going to come on these people that's living in these sinful ways. They shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also will. In other words, and when it's all said and done, even though all these sinful people is going to persecute the Christians and it's going to come to the truth at the end. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, executions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconum, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, about out of them all, the Lord delivered me. That's right. Now, this is Paul talking about the persecutions that he went through. And I, I think I told that to Priscilla last night, praying with her. If you are a true Christian of God, you will have some persecution. You will go through persecution. At some point in your life, and, and depending on what you're doing for God and your ministry or even with your family, uh, if you're truly serving God, it's that's just a way of life. If you're not having no persecution, question yourself. Lord, what I, I must be doing something wrong because it's going too good. <laughs> Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's what I told Priscilla last night. If, if you're, suffering, if you're tr tr truly serving God, you will go through persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Understand this, that we were in the last of the last days. It ain't going to get better. It's going to get worse. Persecution is going to get worse. Matter of fact, I can see in the next generation or two, my grandfather, if they, they would have talked about Sharia law in my grandfather's time, the whole bunch would have got ran out. But it says, but evil men shall seduce, shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. In other words, they are even deceived. Christ said himself, he says, they are, when he told his disciples, he said, they're going to bring you to the courts. They're going to uh, kill you. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. Thinking they're doing good. Thinking they're doing God's service. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that 
from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ. That's why it's so important that our kids know the Bible. Because if you know the Bible, it's going to lead you to salvation. Because the Bible is going to convict you. Even though you're not living for the Lord like I wasn't, living for the Lord as a kid, I'd read the Bible. I'd say, oh, man, this, this is convicting me. He's talking about me. And this person lived 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 years ago, maybe three, 4,000 years ago, talking to me. But it was conviction because I knew I was running from God. And I knew right. I knew right from wrong because I was raised knowing right from wrong. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, this, this is the thing about our church, and this is what I like about it. When I took over, we had Sunday school material. I didn't disagree with the Sunday school material, but I always said, well, why not just learn the Bible? Amen. So eventually, eventually, we done away with Sunday school material, which is another man's thinking or opinion, and just came straight out of the Bible and done what the Bible says, let the Holy Spirit teach. Yes. And that's why our Sunday schools are the way they are out of the Bible. Let the Holy Spirit teach you. And I can tell you this, if the Holy Spirit's teaching you, you ain't going to learn like that college preacher's going to learn. You're going to have a different doctrine. I'm telling you now. Danny went to college long enough to get messed up. You know, he had to come back and the Maya family had to straighten him up. I'll give credit to all of us because it all took all of us. Don't get raptured out, Pastor. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Let's just party. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, what does this word mean? Complete. That's right. If you got God, if you got Christ in your life, you're complete. You don't need nothing else. That's all there is to it. But know this that we are in the last days. Amen. Know this, that you're going to receive some persecution, but not many years from now, and I'm not putting a number on it, I'll, I'll put a generation or two, it's going to get bad. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.